Just because it's a position preview Friday doesn't mean we can't have a Kokomo Friday. So I hope you're all chilling and enjoying the music. Yeah, it is Friday, February 22nd, and we have got shortstops to talk about, and I am pumped. This is a great position. I love this position. Scott, do you love shortstop? This year I do. (laughs) Historically, no. It's been awful. But this year, it's it's strange. It's, It's upside down town. We got first base being one of the shallowest and shortstop being one of the deepest. Heath, do you love shortstop? And welcome back, Heath. Thank you for welcoming me back. I do love shortstop. It is the best position. It was always the position when you were a kid. The best player uh-huh. got to play. Mm-hmm. And that's still the case now. All the best players are playing shortstop. This is my favorite shortstop stat. Five shortstops hit 30 or more home runs in 2018. Whether they're shortstop or, or shortstop eligible, you know, but most of them are short, uh, shortstops. Five of them hit 30 more home runs last year. Lindor, Machado, Trevor Story, Javier Baez, and Alex Bregman. Here is the list of shortstops who hit 30 or more home runs the previous three seasons combined here. Manny Machado, Manny Machado, Manny Machado, and Francisco Lindor. <laughs> so it was a great year for shortstops in 2018. We're hoping for the same in 2019, but of course we have Lindor, who's already injured, Machado, who is in a worse ballpark, and Bregman, who had surgery for bone chips in his elbow, and those are the top three at the position. First question here, uh, Heath, I'll start with you. How many starting shortstops are there? How deep is the position in terms of guys you feel comfortable with as your starter? I think looking at it from a roto perspective, I feel relatively like I feel great, great about 12 starting shortstops. I feel relatively comfortable with 14 starting shortstops. And I think there are another three or four that you could make a argument for. Oh, right. Who would these three or four that you could make the argument for be? Um, I, I think that you could make the argument and Scott has and then has kind of gone back on it for jerks and pro far. You can definitely make the argument for Andleton Simmons in points. You could make the argument based on the past for both Elvis Andrews and Chris Taylor. Now, I don't feel very good at all about Taylor. If Garrett Hampson wins the job, he's a start. He's probably a starter in Roto. Scott, what about you? How do you see it? How many starters are there? Well, I was going to say 14, too, but that's interesting that Profar left. Uh, Heath left Profar out of that 14. I wonder who he has in instead. Maybe Paul DeYoung. Paul DeYoung is correct. Is in the 14. Okay. okay. And it's such so, a format-specific thing, right? I mean, you can't have Paul DeYoung as your starter in a points league, right, Heath? I, I mean, what's interesting Heath, is we're, we're including Glaber. I'm not Heath, yeah. but <laughs> we're including Glaber Torres in the 14. Uh, Paul DeYoung averaged more head-to-head points per game than Torres last year. That's pretty interesting. DeYoung has considerable upside considering he's probably going to be hitting at the late middle of that Cardinals order could, that has so third. many good hitters in the middle of the order. I actually read today uh, he could bat third behind Carpenter and Goldschmidt. So that would be that, beautiful. That would be enormous. And he's the 20th shortstop off the board on Fantasy Pros going 193rd overall. And I believe I took him. Yeah, I did in, in our 15-team Roto draft. 
And I was excited about that because you know there's pop there. Uh, more on Paul when DeYoung you say, a little later. When you say 20th shortstop overall on Fantasy Pros, is that with Fantasy Pros uh, eligibility or is that with CBS eligibility? It's Fantasy Pros, but I, I don't know that there's anyone that is eligible on Fantasy Pros and not on CBS, I th- except for Jonathan VR. I think he's the only one. Uh, so he's 19th. Um you know, in terms of CBS eligible shortstops, DeYoung. And I guess 19th. that means I'm higher than average on DeYoung. What do you I have? Definitely cool. higher than average. Learn something about myself. Yeah, there you go. You have DeYoung in in Roto. You have him 16th. 16th. Scott thought he hated Paul DeYoung just because I like him too much. So how about this though? This little angle of it. Since Lindor, Bregman, Machado, Turner, and Story. I'm not going to include Baez because I know you guys think he's a bust going 15th overall. But since those five, Lindor, Bregman, Machado, um, Turner, and Story, have elite potential and could theoretically be top 15, top 20 picks, some of them could be first-round picks, uh, are you at too much of a disadvantage if... I won't even go as low as Paul DeYoung. If... um Gene Segura is your starting shortstop. I, I think Segura is a good name to throw out there because even once you get past that group, there, there, there's no doubt that Carlos Correa, if it turns out he's just 100% healthy and goes back on the track he was on before last year, there's no doubt he has first-round upside. Corey Seager, I, I still believe, has second-round upside. Adalberto Mondesi has first- to second-round upside. Xander Bogarts was amazing last year. Like there are still yeah. another handful of guys that have that that upside. They're not as likely to hit it, but they have the upside. Yeah, I'm finding, and you know, it, it helps. It helps Lindor uh, the calf injury and the effects that could have on him statistically and his start to the season. It's it's easier to pass him up now, uh, even even that he's going late first round instead of early first round. Uh, Bregman, I don't worry about the elbow, but. Uh, I find that it's it's easy to pass up those tip top shortstops because you almost don't want to uh, prevent yourself, deny yourself the opportunity to grab one of that Correa, Seager, yeah. Bogarts, Mondesi group a few rounds later. Yeah. All right. So then I'll rephrase the question. So maybe the big drop is after that group, and then when you get to like Glaber Torres, Jose Peraza, Profar, De Young. Yeah, and, that's where it feels yeah. like you're settling. Like, right. Yes. It's fine. You can get you can get by with them, but exactly. that's not what you want to do. Exactly. And look, I, I mean, we're gonna do a position preview. and We're gonna say <laughs> who we want in every group. You don't. It doesn't work out that way. Sometimes you're gonna be weak at shortstop. You might be weak at first base. So there is depth here. And if you are weak at shortstop, that doesn't mean you're you're gonna take a zero. Garrett Hampson could be great in batting average and steals and doubles and runs. Uh, Paul DeYoung could. Maybe maybe hit 260 or something, but could hit a lot of home runs, drive in some runs. Um, Simmons, as Heath mentioned, is a pretty good points league option. I think he's kind of crappy, but he will finish. <laughs> he has a good chance to finish as a top 12 to 15 shortstop uh, in points leagues. I know. I, some, I think he was fourth two years ago in he points was. leagues. Fourth or fifth? Uh, not yeah, as not as deep shortstop as it is now, but still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's such a bad hitter, but um. <laughs> And then, you know, then there's Didi Gregorius, who you can get extremely late, uh, and he might miss about half the season. Anyway, uh, more on that as we go through ADP. So, some more stats about shortstops. 
kind of a weird one. The top five qualified shortstops in line drive rate uh, were Chris Taylor, Jose Peraza, Brandon Crawford, Nick Ahmed, and Miguel Rojas. <laughs> uh, Chris Taylor had the highest line drive rate among shortstops last year. What Does, was it? 27.5%, I believe. It's high. Does that explain uh, it, the uh, the power drop-off, and does that mean Chris Taylor might actually bounce back in 2019? My biggest concern about Chris Taylor, I, th- I think there is some bounce-back potential statistically, but I don't know how committed the Dodgers are to playing him. They also have Enrique Hernandez they have to find at bats for. Uh, if, if they end up playing Cody Bellinger more often at first base, that means Muncie plays some second base. And I, I could just get, see Chris Taylor getting squeezed again. That kind of that's kind of what happened to him last year too. And I don't think he's going to be batting toward the top of the order. Well, he could, but they have Pollock now. I think they like him at leadoff. Seager back he seems like a natural number two hitter. Um, more stats: four shortstops were twenty twenty last year. Without looking at the notes, guys, can you name the twenty 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 home run twenty steal shortstops? Heath, you want to give it a, a gander? Uh, Francisco Lindor. Correct. 38 homers, 25 homers. All right, 25 says yes, correct. 34 homers, 21 steals. Two more. Trevor Story. Correct. 37 homers, 27 steals. And Mm. he is on Fantasy Pro. Mr. Anderson. Yeah, 15th off the board. Tim Anderson. 20 homers, 26 steals. I just thought that was funny for Anderson to be with Lindor, Story, and Baez. Three players whose plate discipline improved down the stretch last year, which might not mean anything, but could be something to look at. Xander Bogarts had great plate discipline last like two months of the season and the playoffs. Uh, Francisco Lindor, after the All-Star break, he kind of struggled. He had a 788 OPS, um, but he ran a lot and his plate discipline was great. And Eduardo Escobar improved his plate discipline late in the season as well. Uh, so I think maybe that's something, you know, if we see signs in the beginning of 2019, we can look back and say, oh, it's not necessarily a fluke. Um, Manny Machado, Heath, you didn't get to weigh in on this. Career at home, 295, 353, 534, 887 OPS. Career on the road, 761 OPS. How bad was the downgrade, in your opinion, for Machado? Scott didn't think it was too bad uh, going to San Diego. I didn't think it was too bad, but there are so many elite options that I did drop him. And I, I did weigh in on this on HQ. It was kind of fun. I got to do a video hit from our comic book studio. So that was interesting <laughs> in Nashville. But he is now my number four shortstop in Roto behind Lindor, Turner, and Bregman. And he points, is, he's third. What's that? Points, he's third, right? In points, he's third, but... I don't know that I feel great about having him ahead of Turner in points. Okay. I, I, there's a little bit of concern. Not that the Padres Park is so bad, just that he's never really been great anywhere except for a great hitters park. We do think maybe the steals could come up based on Andy Green's tendencies, but uh, Machado, would you, do you think he's a top 20 pick? So close. Okay. All right, so we'll consider him in the middle of the second round. How about Gene Segura? So I don't know if there's a player that I can't make my make up my mind on more than Gene Segura. Um, <laughs> because his one year, all right, if not including his Milwaukee time, but in the last three years he played once at Chase Field, twice at, at Safeco, and he was incredible. 
when he played at Chase Field. He was the number one shortstop in fantasy that year. He's going to Philadelphia. If they add Harper, he's going to be in a really good lineup. Um, <laughs> what? What's why are you laughing? Oh, just because when people go back and listen to the shortstop preview, yeah, 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 a month from now they'll be like, <laughs> he's going to be in a good lineup regardless. He is. Yeah. He's going to be in a good, good park lineup. And he, he stole 12 bases in 53 games before injuring his ankle. And I don't, it, I don't know how much the ankle injury affected him. It was only 53 games in. But then he stole eight bases in 17 attempts in 90 games after the ankle injury. And like I said, he's led shortstops in batting average. I don't know if I said this. Led shortstops in batting average three straight years. Um, I actually, like, you look at his history, he's not necessarily just like a low 20s steal guy. Segura could be a 30-steal guy, could be a 40-steal guy. I don't know how I feel about him. I, I was a little surprised at his ADP. It's a little rich for me. Segura is going yeah. 65th overall. Um, but after I, I, will, I will guarantee you this. Gene Segura will not be a 30-40-steal guy this year. Not with Gabe Kapler as his manager. Uh, that That is not going to happen. He'll probably hit for average again. And I think it's reasonable to have some hope that in a better hitting hitting environment, he'll come close to 20 homers. But I'm not sure. Like, I, I think it's possible he becomes not much help in steals at all, uh, given who's his manager. Really? Maybe he steals a dozen instead no, of 22. Really? I, I think it's possible, yeah. I, 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 I lean think... more on that Gene Segura is a bust candidate in Philadelphia than he's a bounce, well... Uh, has a chance of having big numbers. The the one thing that could have a big like I don't really have much faith in the home runs. I do think he probably steals about the same he did last year, right around twenty, maybe a little less, because he was just so inefficient in the second half. I, I would expect him to be more efficient again, fully healthy. But a three hundred hitter with ten to fifteen home runs and twenty steals. What what it may come down to as far as his roto ranking, he has the potential in that lineup to score hundred and ten runs. Yeah, oh, he's a, he's been on pace for about 98, 99 runs two straight years and it, with Seattle if he played like 155 games, which is what I always use. And then the year before that, he scored over 100 runs, I believe, with Arizona. So Segura's going to give you batting average and runs almost guaranteed and maybe a little more pop in the ballpark. I don't know. I'm not saying he's going to be a big home run hitter. It, 12, 12 steals would be very low. Uh, I hope you're wrong about that, Scott. I mean, but. he only had 20 last year, only 22 the year before. It's it's not it's not that big of a drop to get there. Well, the 22 a year before was in 125 games. Sure, but I mean, and he had going the back injury. to his Brewers days, he was closer to 20. He had a couple years with a big steal total, but he was closer to 20 uh, more often than not. So yeah, I'm I'm a little concerned, and I don't think I'm not sure he gets on base enough to be a Big, like league leading type run score. Uh, I I'm not confident he bats lead off all year. Cesar Hernandez is back to full health. I think Gabe Kapler would prioritize the OBP at the top of the lineup rather than the batting average. Okay, I'm going to give you three more notes here. They're all about injuries, and I want you to tell me which ones really matter to you. Elvis Andrews was hit by a pitch early in the season. 14 games, he fractured his elbow. He hit two home runs in those 14 games. He only attempted one steal though. Uh, but <laughs> talk about small sample size. That is a 23 homer pace in 162 games for Elvis Andrews, who was coming off. Well, they have a 20 homer season, 2017, right around there. Um, 2017, Corey Seager had a 924 OPS the first four months of the season, 
and then a 7-11 OPS in the final two months. I believe he was playing with a back injury. And then 2018 was a complete mess for Seager, who barely played. Uh, Carlos Correa dealt with back, oblique issues, and a deviated septum that gave him breathing issues last season. So when you look at Elvis Andrews, Corey Seager, and Carlos Correa and their injury-riddled season uh, seasons, who... You know, who does it matter the most for? Like, who are you most willing to give a pass to between Andrews, Seeger, and Correa? I think Seeger is the one I'm most secure with because we know the timeline for Tommy John's surgery. There is, like, my my bigger concern with him is is the the hip surgery he had later in the year. I'm the timetable for that isn't as clear, and the prognosis is not as clear. Uh, Correa, I'd feel good about if it wasn't the back mainly that messed him up last year because backs um you know it, it could be a small deal it could be the sort of thing that he never entirely gets over i mean i i think about clayton kershaw it all started with him uh sitting wrong on a long flight back from australia and then you know down the line we find out he has herniated discs and uh and it, it you know doesn't seem like he's ever going to be the same now. So I'm I, I have a little more concern for Correa than Seager and Elvis Andrews. I don't really have expectations for all, for at all. I mean he's not he's not a bad flyer if you get him for cheap. Maybe he bounces back, but I'm not counting on it. I, I will say I give Correa more of a pass for last year. I agree with Scott that we don't know that it won't linger into this year. But if it doesn't, I mean he could be just an absolute monster. I and I do feel a little better about recovering from a back injury at 24 years old. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I don't. I think there's a good chance he has back problems later in his career, but I I think it's it's reasonable to expect that at 24 he can bounce back and play a full season. What's the best ADP? Correa 44th overall, Seager 79th, Andrews is one hundred and fifty eighth. So again, I'll give it Correa forty fourth, Seeger seventy ninth, Andrews one fifty eighth. I like Seeger the best of that, but I don't know that any of them are bad. They're all good. They're all good. I haven't full disclosure, I haven't had a chance to draft any of these yet as my shortstop because I'm always filling the spot with somebody else. I, I have drafted Correa there. I I think I like his the most, but Seager's is good as well. I, Andrews is going right about where I would take him. Well, I think Andrews being the 18th shortstop off the board, 17th if you don't count Jonathan VR like Fantasy Pros does, um, for a guy who was a top seven shortstop three years in a row, and you just need a middle infield option, and at that point in the draft, you're probably okay dropping someone that you took 158th overall. I mean, I, I think that's a good case to take him there. Um, but yeah, so all of them are, uh, are decent I, I will say about half the guys that are ranked ahead of Elvis Andrews were either rookies not in the league or not shortstops when he was a top seven shortstop. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's not going to be a top seven shortstop, but he was number one a couple years ago. So yeah. take that. Heath. All right. We got some uh, questions about shortstop and ADP review, overall strategy, which we pretty much talked about, sleepers, breakouts, and busts. Don't forget to sign up at uh, cbsports.com slash FBT for our commissioner product. It is outstanding. And uh, send us your emails at fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. All right. So we're going to talk about strategies uh, right after this. 
The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads. Nothing beats a weekend away with the family in the great outdoors, whether it's camping, hiking, river rafting, or anything in between. With third-row seating, nobody is left out. The entire family can experience the thrill together. And nobody wants a dead phone. Available dual wireless charging pads make it so nobody gets stuck and we can check our fantasy baseball teams together. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Here we go. Your overall shortstop strategy could be a little repetitive. I know we we touched on it at the top of the show, but Heath, if you were going to sum it up, how would you uh, describe your strategy at shortstop? I would like to draft a good shortstop. Oh. Yeah, we have the same strategy on that then. <laughs> yeah, I would definitely like to have a good shortstop. I think there's so many young stud shortstops with enormous upside that I don't really want to settle for somebody like Gene Segura that we know who he is and he's probably going to be worse. It's too easy to assure yourself a good shortstop. I've had drafts where, um, you know... It, Every every time my pick comes up, it seems like the best value is a shortstop, but I've already filled it, so I keep having to pass them over. I had a draft once where I almost took Corey Seager as my utility option just because he was still there in round eight. So, yeah, I, I feel like there's no reason not to get a good shortstop. That being said, if it's a roto league or a head-to-head categories league, standard 5 by 5 my strategy at shortstop is to get Adalberto Mondesi in round four. That's my strategy. Very specific. All right, Heath. Let's do it. I was not equipped to debate with Scott White about, I mean, I was, but I didn't, uh, about Adalberto Mondesi yesterday or the day before. But we have talked a lot about him this week. And here we go on the shortstop preview. Scott, the thing is, like, Scott, you and I were talking about Mondesi in the fourth round. He's going 78th. 79th well, on Fantasy Pros. Look at look at the breakdown there. One of the sites where they're drawing their oh, information from. Wow. I don't know what's going on, but yeah, I'm, I I just kind of excluded it because it's okay. such an outlier where what his ADP is on that particular site. 152nd overall, and it doesn't matter which site it is. We won't bring that up. Um, all right, but Heath, when would you take Mondesi and what do you expect from him? I don't know that a reasonable person can have a reasonable expectation for Mondesi. Um, he is well. You're an the, unreasonable has, person, so that's so <laughs> maybe a well. I'm also like supposed to be the Royals' homer, so I'm that's trying right. to uh, right. balance that. Got he it. has, I would say, the widest range of outcomes of just about any player, shortstop or not, in fantasy. He does not make enough contact. When he does make contact, it seems like it, last year was very, very good contact. His stolen base rate from last year was so outlandish 
that you just should not expect it. The amount of times that he had the opportunity run versus the amount of times he ran was at a higher rate than just about anyone ever. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> that doesn't seem like something that will probably happen again. He, the two most likely spots that he could hit in the batting order are second and ninth, which would have an enormous impact on his value. And then finally, it's a guy who's never played more than 110 games in a professional baseball season. Right? Yeah. Right. There are <laughs> there are very decent reasons to be concerned about his durability. So I like if you told me you think I reasonably think Mondesi there- could have second round upside this year, I would not disagree with that at all. If you wanted to say he's a bust candidate, I think that's absolutely reasonable. He he could be a league winner in the fourth round. He could also be on your bench. When would you feel comfortable taking him, Heath? It is very different in a points league or in a roto league, but in roto, I I feel like he's more like a fifth round player. Okay. But if I've gone the first three rounds of the draft, and I, let's say I've taken a stud pitcher and I've taken a power guy who doesn't get a couple power guys that don't get any steals, I could see taking him in the fourth just because you don't want to miss that steals potential. Okay. And that's really, uh, I know we talked about it some in the second base preview, but for those who don't listen to that, I mean, that's really what makes Adalberto Mondesi so appealing in that format is his potential to carry you in the scarcest category without bringing you down in home runs the way, you know, the D Gordons, Billy Hamiltons of the world would. And just to kind of argue against the downside Heath mentioned Mondesi could bat ninth in a lineup that includes Billy Hamilton. I think it's safe to say that's not going to happen. And the, the Royals' whole strategy this year is by bringing in Hamilton, by having the league leader in stolen bases last year, Merrifield. It's clearly they're going to run like crazy when they get on base. So I think even in, in, in a worst-case scenario where um, Mondesi goes from having pretty good Babbitt luck to pretty bad Babbitt luck. He ends up hitting 220, let's say. Uh, first of all, because he's a great defender and because he's clearly a building block, I think he's in the lineup regardless. And second of all, I have a hard time seeing him stealing fewer than 30 bases. So in a Roto League, I don't really see a scenario, short of him getting hurt, of course, where he is not worth starting. I mean, that's going to be in your lineup regardless. And... Um, but I, I think I think a lot of the concerns are overblown. I mean, the BABIP was high last year, but it was like 335 high, not 365. And his strikeout rate was not low, but it was like Trevor Story, Javier Baez high, not uh, Joey Gallo high. You know? It, yeah, I, I would just say that if if his home run to fly ball rate goes back to 15 percent and his BABIP goes back to just a league average 300. If he's hitting 230, 240 with 35 steals and 10 to 15 home runs and not very many runs or RBI, he's not worth anything close to a fourth-round pick. Well, another thing people overlook with Londesy is the power breakthrough actually happened. It didn't happen last year. It happened two years ago in the minor leagues. If you take his numbers from AAA between 2017 and 2018, where he got a little bit of time there, it comes out to like 18 homers and and 35 steals in 120 games. I mean, this is not, I, I think the power's pretty much proven at this point. Well, uh, th- there's just one name that 
pops into my head when we have the Mondesi discussion, and that's Aledmus Diaz, because it looked like he was pretty legit. Um, like, he came out of nowhere, and then we sort of investigated. It was like, well, actually, he was pretty good. Wasn't he good? Like, his final year in the minors and what he did seemed sustainable, and then Aledmus Diaz basically but not, I think not the best, been heard of before. The best since. name, if you want to offer a cautionary tale, is Jonathan Villar. Uh, yeah, VR had some, some major league failure before. I guess Mondesi did too, but it was so brief. Okay, so I, and I've gotten Byron Buxton. People have brought up Byron Buxton as a comparison trying to, you know, knock, knock Mondesi All right, let's, off let's wrap it up with this, Scott. Go ahead. Let's wrap it up. We'll move on. So with VR, I think the key difference is VR was an even worse strikeout hitter and had a dreadful fly ball rate, uh, neither of which... You know, Mond- Mondesi's better in both of those regards. And, and with Buxton, the strikeout rate, again, was worse. I think people are kind of overstating how bad Adalberto Mondesi was at making contact last year. And Buxton was a, you know, looking like a 30-steal guy, not a 50-60-steal to 60 steal guy. So he wasn't going to carry you in the category if everything broke right the way Mondesi could. Okay. I think that it has been too long uh, into the show without talking about the number one shortstop, Francisco Lindor, whose current ADP is fifth overall, but that could be falling. Certainly, he's not going to go fifth in, in our drafts. He's, I think, in play starting with maybe eighth or ninth, but could fall all the way to like 20th. I remember, Heath, you said you got him around 20th overall, Francisco Lindor. So uh, I'm just going to go ahead and throw this out there. I think we might be overreacting a little bit to an injury that happened in January. It's a pretty good time to have an injury, and he won't have to rush to get back, luckily. But he won't have a normal spring, that's for sure. Uh, when would you guys draft Francisco Lindor, who had 38 home runs and 25 steals last year and was the number three overall hitter in points leagues, number four in Roto? Heath, when would you draft Lindor? Right around 11, maybe 12. Right in that range. Into the first round, start of the second. Still as your number one shortstop? Currently, yes. Okay, I'm going to pull up overall ADP and see who's going uh, at the turn. So you've got, like, Chris Sale. Um, I, I would take him ahead of Sale. O- Jose Altuve? I would much rather have Altuve. Ronald Acuna? I would much rather have Lindor. A first baseman, Freeman or Goldschmidt? That. That's where I, where I really struggle with those two. Okay. A lot. Uh, and Scherzer? I'd rather have Scherzer. Scott, how about you? When are you taking that I, I couldn't disagree with you more about this being an overreaction. We're talking a seven to nine week timetable for a muscle strain. I mean, that, but it's that the right there shows you just how how difficult this particular strain is to overcome. And, and it's such a long timetable. There's so many opportunities for a setback in there. He is going to be nursing this injury uh, all year, I feel what? like. How can we say that? We don't, we don't know maybe that. maybe nursing isn't the right word, but protecting this injury. I, I, like, there, there's not enough upside to him running, to, to him stealing bases, to risk him tweaking his calf. I mean... He's not doomed to have a calf injury the rest of his life. Just because Jimmy no, Rollins he's said... Trying, he's trying to hurry back in time for the start of the season. We don't know that. For an injury that has a seven to nine week timetable. I don't think he's going to be 100%, no worries whatsoever by the time he returns. He's not He's not stealing bases this year. I, that's, that's the wow. minimum of, of what I think the impact is going to be. I didn't really want but, Lindor fourth overall anyway, because I... Like, I uh, 
I thought he was. I don't know. I felt I felt a little nervous about it because he was coming off such a great season where he scored 129 runs with the Indians scoring as many runs as they did the year before. His runs went up from 99 to 129, so I just kind of felt like there were some outliers there. But um, I don't know. I, I guess I'm not quite as doom and gloom as Scott is. I want to. I want to go back to Scott's. He's not stealing bases this year because I would agree that he's probably not stealing 25 bases this year. But are we saying he's not going to be the 15 to 20 steal guy he was for the three years before that? I would bet against it. I would bet this is his worst steal season ever. I'm not saying he's going to have zero, but I would not draft him counting on double digits. All right, what's higher, Adalberto Montesi's home runs or Francisco Lindor's steals? I'm definitely taking Montesi's home runs. <laughs> I think that is an excellent... I think it's probably a 50-50. Okay. All right, so... Scott, I'm sorry. Did you, Scott, do you still have Lindor as your number one shortstop? I do. It doesn't but... sound like you should. <laughs> <laughs> when when that draft comes up, where late in the first round, he's theoretically the player I'm supposed to take. I might uh, I might be rethinking that. And I guess if you look, if you love Carlos Correa and his value, uh, I can't sit here and say like if you if you love Machado and Turner. Well, no. Okay, okay. If you have like the eighth pick in the draft and you like. Machado, Turner, Bregman. There's a good chance one of them is available for you in the second round. A decent chance, anyway. Uh, story two. Uh, bottom line is shortstop is deep enough, as we've outlined. If you want to wait and wait on, to get to Corey Seager and Xander Bogarts in like round seven and eight, um, then don't don't risk it. Like don't take Xander Bogarts. By, by the way, going in round five. I apologize. I've been Corey Seager a round seven. Trey Turner is now my number one shortstop in Roto. Oh snap! All right. Let's yeah, we're going a little out of order. Um, wasn't planning on talking about that right now, but let's let's expand on that because Trevor Story. This is what I want to stress about Trevor Story. Story or Trey Turner? Uh, Trey Turner. Okay. Sorry, okay. thank okay. you. Um, Trey Turner obviously had a bad year last year, and I'm just get his final numbers. He stole 43 bases, batted 271 with a, with 19 home runs, and he played 162 games. Really bad year. Yeah, he was well. He was the number five <laughs> shortstop in points in Roto. It was a it was a pretty disappointing year, I'd say. If you drafted him, he was really he, he let you down. Um, 2016, he was amazing. So I we don't expect him to hit like that. I did the numbers, and if Trey Turner hits like he did in 2017, which was 284 with 11 home runs in 98 games, if he hits like he did in 2017, and he steals. About 40 bases, because he was on pace for over 70. Well, you saw what his manager said about his steals. Uh, no. He wants him to attempt 75 to 80 steals this year. Okay. Let, but I was, what I was gonna say, if Trey Turner hits like he did in 2017, which was good, not great, but only steals 40 bases like he did last year, he would have been a top 12 hitter in points leagues. Hitter in points leagues in 2017. And even better in Roto. Well, so, can I, so yeah, yeah let's just, he's played 360 games in the major leagues. You can very easily go to baseball reference and look at his 162 game pace. It's absurd. 289, 106 runs, 20 home runs, 56 steals, 72 RBI. That's almost certainly a top 12 player in Roto. Yeah, he's he's interesting because of these comments from Dave Martinez, and and this isn't just Dave Martinez directly to the meeting. He's he's uh, to the media. He's apparently had a 
sit down with Trey Turner where they they talked about how much they want him to attempt to run this year and that number that he threw out there. I mean, it's it's a historically high number uh, of attempts with his success rate. Um, if he really does have that many attempts, I mean, you're talking about him approaching 70 steals, which is kind of where we were with him last year. We were kind of doing the Mondesi thing with him. Oh, if you projected out, how many steals could he possibly have? It ended up being an underwhelming total, but still, you know, second most in baseball. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and plans are plans and, and not necessarily what's going to happen. But Dave Martinez is just making such a big deal of this that I feel like it's not just talk. And I, I, I do think we need to consider moving Turner up in response to it. Uh, I'm, I'm reluctant to go as high as we were last year because, you know, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. But it's, it's you know, that 60 steel ste- that potential is still clearly there. Yeah, I, I mean, their lineup might not be so great. They have Turner, Rendon, and Soto in the middle of that order. If Soto takes I, a step it's back. It's still pretty good, even without Harper. You take Harper out, it's still a pretty good is lineup. It? I don't know. I mean, if, if Dozier bounces Rendon? back, it is. Yeah, no, I mean, Turner, Rendon, that's good. Other than that, I I, I don't know that I feel... I, well, Soto. But like I said... Soto, he could, he, yeah, I mean, he's he like could, the new Harper. <laughs> he could, but he could, he's a sophomore. They slump. Victor yeah. Robles could be good. Victor Robles could be good. Jan Gomes, not so much. Brian Dozier, maybe. Ryan Zimmerman's terrible. Okay, anyway, um, let's do sleepers, breakouts, and busts, then we'll get through uh, ADP. And now I'm pretty excited to draft Trey Turner. Now I think he's in play eighth overall, or seventh, seventh or eighth overall in Roto. Agreed? I've got him seventh. Yeah. Uh, and, and by the way, I mean, he's still awesome in points leagues, Trey Turner. It's not like he's so format-specific. Um, sleepers, breakouts, and busts. Uh, Heath, who's your favorite sleeper at shortstop? I'll go with Paul DeYoung, the guy we've already talked a little bit about. I think he has a chance to join that uh, group of shortstops hitting 30 home runs, and I think he has a chance, especially if he hits in the middle of that order, to drive in 100 runs this year. Scott, who's your favorite sleeper? It's got to be Garrett Hampson, who Heath brought up earlier, and he's competing for second base, but he's already shortstop eligible. Uh, he would be another player who should meet the steel scarcity in a big way if he's playing every day, good on base skills, and you would think would hit for a very high average too, playing in Colorado. He would, if he was assured the job, I think we would be drafting him, you know, as early as like round nine or 10. Who is your favorite breakout? So for sleeper, Scott said Garrett Hampson, Heath said Paul DeYoung. Scott, who's your favorite breakout? Breakout, I'm going to go with. Jerks and Profar, who you could argue, I guess, he broke out last year. But for everything new that he showed last year, he did it with one of the worst BABIPs of any full-time player. He And he did that, you know, it's not like it was a low line drive rate, high fly ball rate, the things that might lend themselves to a high, to a low BABIP. I think it was just bad luck. And you add a, you know, 280, 290 batting average on top of everything else. You're talking about, you're, you're, you know, kind of what Corey Seager's been so far in his career. All right, Jerks and Profar, a breakout for Scott. Heath, who's your breakout? I'll go with Carlos Correa. I think people maybe have already forgotten how amazing he was in 2017. And if he is healthy, I expect him to be just about that good. And that's that's probably a 280 hitter with 30 home runs and maybe 200 runs plus RBI. 
Yeah, and in, t- in 2017, he hit 315 with 24 homers in 109 games. He was certainly on pace to be the number one shortstop in fantasy. He was on pace for a monster year, and I, I think he also got hurt. Yeah, like his first 84 games, before he tore a ligament in his thumb, he had a 966 OPS. And then he came back after the injury, and he was okay. He had an 853 OPS. So uh, he's obviously a very talented player, Carlos Correa. Um, I, I am interested in, in the improvements that Xander Bogart's made in his plate discipline uh, in the last two months of the season and in the postseason. I wonder if that leads to a breakout. I don't, he doesn't have the upside. Like, he's not going to hit 30 homers probably. And, but he's just very solid. And, um, yeah, I, I was hoping he was going more in, like, the seventh round. Fifth round ADP. I can't really call him a breakout at that ADP. And I don't know that he's going to outperform that. But I'm interested to see if, if that plate discipline improvements continue, carry on. Because it happened with Didi Gregoria. So Didi in the last, uh, like after the All-Star break in 2017, had much better plate discipline. He carried it into 2018, and he had his best season. All right, who's a bust? Scott White. Uh, you want to do Baez again? We already did no, it. No, no more base. Baez. Hey, let's, let's do Glaber Torres. And I'm only calling him a bust because of where he's being drafted. Like, I, I think he has a fine career ahead of him. I think there's a lot to like about what he did as a rookie. But it was pretty much all power, which was kind of surprising how much power he hit for. But, you know, he didn't make contact at a great rate, didn't get on base at a good rate. I think maybe there's the potential for him to start doing those things. But he's his price tag right now is like round five in a 12-team league, which is just crazy to me. I mean, it should be more like, with all the depth at shortstop, and maybe the fact that he's second base eligible factoring into that, but even so, ding, ding, ding. Um, it, it shouldn't be that high. It, it should be like more like the round 10 to 12 range. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you draft Glaber Torres, 59th overall, which is where he's going, before Segura, Seager, um, Seager in particular, right after Bogarts, and you use him as your shortstop, that's a mistake. Use him at second base, still a little high. We talked about that on the second base preview. But, no, it, I think that ADP is because he's second-base eligible. Um, Heath, who's a bust for you? Well, I would say Baez. I would also say another guy we already talked about, Gene Segura. I don't. I just don't think he's going to steal 30 bases, and I'm not sure he's going to hit for much power. He's done it once in his career, and even that was 20 home runs. So I, I think he's being drafted too high. I, uh, 65th overall. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I really, like you said, I think Segura is going to score 100 runs. Going to have a great batting average. I know. This kind of, like, contrasts what Heath was saying about Segura earlier. Well, I do think it's a little too high, 65th overall. But I don't think, like, an extra round, like a round later would be too high. I, I like Segura this year. I'm optimistic. Um, I don't know. It's hard to pick a bus. Nobody said, uh, nobody said Trevor Story. Yeah, I actually feel pretty good about him. And it's just it it's it's really just do you have faith or not with him because what he did last year uh you know the production corresponds with the underlying numbers. And you cut your strikeout rate like he did, you start dealing bases like he did. That's where you're going to end up. <laughs> but is he going to keep stealing bases like that? Is he going to do like Stanton? And revert back to a a terrible strikeout rate after showing real improvement. Those are the questions that nobody can really answer. And um, 
you know, it's just it just depends on your aversion to risk. If he falls to round three, I'm happy to take a chance on him. But, you know, round two, maybe not. Okay. I mean, Story is so good at home. In two thousand, His home OPS has been over 1,000 in two of his three seasons. And, look, I can buy that he came up, was great as a, as a rookie. League makes adjustments in his second year. He's terrible. And then he gets back to being good. Um, the home ballpark gives him kind of a floor. That, I, But I think that with Story, like, if you draft him, you should feel like I'm okay drafting him here if the steals kind of go away, you know, because right, right, you know, he's he would have been the number five shortstop in points leagues instead of number four if he had only stolen eight bases last year. Like if you take away 19 of his steals, he had 27. Then he goes from fourth to fifth uh, in points. He probably would have gone to like from like second to fifth in roto. But he's still a very, very good player with, with that power and what he does at home. Heath, where are you comfortable taking story? Third round. Yeah, it, it just it, you can't ignore the fact that he was so bad in 2017. He batted 239 with 24 home runs and seven steals in 145 games. So that, that, that he will be a tough player, no doubt. Here we go. ADP. Lindor, you know... Late round one, we start considering him. But right now he's fifth overall, but he's not. he doesn't go that early. Trey Turner, tenth overall. I think we like that. In Roto, uh, in points leagues, when would you draft Trey Turner? Uh, I, I have him in the second round right now, early in the second round, because I'd take Chris Sale over him in a points league. I'd take, uh, I guess I have Bregman ahead of him in both, but I might revisit that for Roto with the new Steels revelation. But uh, he's not he's not a surefire first round for me in points. No, I, mid mid second. I, I I got him behind Machado in points as well. All right, Machado's going thirteenth overall. Bregman's going fifteenth overall. Javier Baez is going fifteenth overall. We've made it very clear. We think Baez is more of what a round three player. I dr- I, I like story four. Uh, well, you know what? I think I have Baez ranked ahead because he's second base eligible. But in theory, I like story more. No, actually, I do have Story ranked ahead. Okay. Yeah, I like Story more. I've got Story ahead of him in both formats. When would you take Baez? Kind of like mid-late round three. I'll take him late round three in Roto. In points, I'd rather yeah. wait to round four. That's Yeah, that's a good point. I'm not taking him at all. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, as far as Machado and Bregman, 13th and 15th overall, we're talking about in the range as, yeah, same same range as Sale, Acuna, Goldschmidt, Kluber, Aaron Judge, Bryce Harper. Do you have a preference, or does it kind of matter who you took in the first round? Bregman versus Machado? No, Bregman and Machado versus the other guys going in that group. You know, Sale, Degrom, Acuna, Goldschmidt, Kluber, Freeman, Judge. I mean, Harper. just because of the depth at shortstop, I'm I'm more likely to look at another position. Uh, first base, I like to fill that early in draft. Starting pitcher, it's always good to get an ace before they run out. Um, but I, I mean, I, I really like Alex Bregman, and I I think that ADP is too low. I think it's an overreaction to what seems like a very straightforward procedure, removing loose bodies from the elbow. Um, if you have been impressed with Dr. Mike Tanner. Of rotographs, if you have been as impressed with him as I have on his track record with these things, he says 
this Bregman issue is not an issue at all. So that's from an actual so, doctor, not just me. like. Do you think Bregman has number like number one overall player upside or number you know three? Could he have a Jose Ramirez year? Uh, forget about like specifically. He's not going to steal as many bases. I get that, but could he have? No, I, could he be the guy who is a top five pick next year? I, I mean, playing. he wasn't far from being Jose Ramirez last year. Uh, the steals was the biggest difference, uh, but there's similar batting average potential. I think he absolutely has the capacity to compete for a batting title. He walks more than he strikes out. If the power gains last year are legitimate, I, I think we're talking about a perennial MVP candidate. So Bregman was the number six hitter in points leagues, number 13 in Roto. Why was he so much better in points? Like, like Scott said, more walks and strikeouts. Also 51 doubles. That will come down, but they could be replaced by home runs, which I think is what happened with Jose Ramirez. Um, okay, so so we're in the middle of the second round with Machado and Bregman off the board, Javier Baez off the board, Trevor Story 23rd overall. A little early. Okay. Then we go to round four. Nobody in round three, but in round four in a 12-team league, we have Carlos Correa. And Correa is going around guys such as Bellinger, Rendon, Hoskins, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Who's comfortable taking Correa here, 44th? As as long as there's not anything at all about a setback this spring, I would rather have him than all those guys. I'm not likely to get much of them. Like, I, I think the value is fine in a vacuum, but I, I've probably filled my shortstop spot with Mondesi at this point in a categories league and in a points league. Uh, you know, I'm still seeing Bogarts and Seeger on the board. I think I'm waiting. Yeah, Bogarts is next. So Bogarts is the eighth shortstop off the board. He's in round five. Same with Glaber Torres. I'm not really going to include him here. We know that's too early, and we know it's because he's second base eligible. But Bogart's round five, top 60 pick. Gene Segura in round six in a 12-team league. And Mondesi in this range, too. I mean, going in round seven, but that's because one site has him, like, super low. Um, so, yeah, what, what do you think about Bogart's? Was, was my assessment right? He doesn't have, like, massive upside. Uh, what, what do you think about him 51st overall? Uh I mean, you could make the case he doesn't need any more. He was I mean, he was pretty studly last year, and it's it might be it, it might be that he's better for points leagues than Roto because I don't know that he's going to be a true standout in home runs, batting average, or certainly stolen bases ever. But he's just good at you know other than steals, he's good at everything, and he actually has stole bases essential in the past, right? Yeah. I think he had like a 17 or 18 steal season. Yeah. Last year, 15 was his most in 2017. 15? Sorry. I I think he could be an elite producer of run plus RBI. Yeah. I think he can be close to an elite batting average guy, at least a very good help in batting average. Mm -hmm. It's just all about whether the power bump last year, because like his home runs only went up to 23 last year, but he played the fewest games since 2013. He played 136 games, and he had 45 doubles and three right. triples. So it, but, it might be a better points profile um, because, yeah, he's not a category standout except like, maybe RBI. Yeah, he's just kind of he's just kind of good at a lot. He's right. he's above average, too good in you know at a lot of things, but not a real standout at anything. He, he so did yeah, I, have 
the highest fly ball rate and the highest hard hit rate of his career last year. I think he's safe. I think Bogarts is safe. What do you guys think? Safe? Safe. Um, safe. I mean, the power, I, 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 he was on my bust list going into last year. I had real doubts about the power. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't really have those doubts anymore, but uh, they're in the back of my head whenever I'm going to take him. Uh, just just to demonstrate how good he was in points league last year, better on a per-game basis than both Javier Baez, the very best form of Javier Baez, and Trey Turner, who we think will be better this year, but still. Who do you like better, Bogarts or Seager? Bogarts. Bogarts is definitely safer in that case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Seager, um, I think they're very similar players. He has, I put in my notes... Uh, Corey Seager has been Xander Bogarts with a slightly better batting average and OBP and maybe a little more power but fewer steals. Uh, so that's kind of how I, I see them as similar players. But I don't think we've seen the best of Corey Seager yet. I hope not anyway. <laughs> Could be a great no. value at 79th overall. Uh, we talked about Mondesi. We've talked a lot about Segura. And that brings us to our number 12 shortstop is Seager. Number 13, now we get to some guys we haven't really talked a lot about. Jose Peraza, uh, Tim Anderson, who's going to be going much higher in Roto than points. Tim Anderson, Jerickson Profar, Ahmed Rosario. How about that group, guys? 13, 14, 15, and 16 in ADP in Roto. So steals are a factor here. Peraza, Tim Anderson, Profar, and Rosario. Heath, your thoughts on that group? I, I definitely like Peraza the most of that group. And last year was the first year he kind of showed us he could be I mean, he'd given us the batting average in a small sample size in 2016, but he could be more than just a steals guy. And there was just a little bit of pop there with 14 home runs in 157 games. He does not hit the ball hard enough to probably elevate his home runs much more than that. But I do think he's got a chance to hit 300, probably be more of a 280, 290 guy. I do expect 20, 25 steals. And I think he's going to score quite a few runs because the top of that lineup's not bad at all. He could bat leadoff. Um, toward the end of last year, he was exclusively batting first or second. Roster resource has Peraza batting uh, eighth with Jesse Winker leading off, but I, I don't know about that. Uh, Wink, you know, could be that Peraza bats leadoff against lefties. I'm not sure, but it w- that would really help. Plate, uh, excuse me, lineup spot and plate appearances could be a factor for him. And uh, okay, so yeah, Peraza is a little underrated. He was a top ten shortstop last year. Do you have any interest, guys, in, in Tim Anderson? I know, Scott, you like Profar a lot. Tim Anderson and Ahmed Rosario. I don't really like either. Ahmed Rosario had a much better steals pace toward the end of last season, and so I think that's why he's getting so much love in Roto Leagues. But he doesn't he, he doesn't look like a good hitter. At least so far. And and you know what? The numbers were actually pretty decent down the stretch last year, but with a batted ball profile that doesn't really back them up. I, I I think there's still a lot for him to prove if you're desperate for steals. Um, well, it's it's too early. Like, I, I think it's too early where he's going for you to be desperate for steals. Right, like, yeah. Ideally, I see him as a one of their last picks in a Roto League, and he's just going much earlier than that. Yeah, he's going 148th overall. That's Rosario. Such a strange thing with Rosario. He has been terrible in his career at home. Terrible. And in the last 47 games of, of the season, 2018, 
Rosario batted 303 with five home runs and 13 steals. That's that's very good for 47 games. You project that out. That's a great steals rate. He also had nine doubles and two triples. A 779 OPS for for a mid to late round pick with steals. That's good. But those 47 games, 28 were road games. The 19 home games, he was 12 for 70. Batted 171 with two homers and one double, one triple, and three steals in 19 games. I don't get it. I don't know if that's if that's you know going to hold up, but it's possible that his great stretch was boosted by a lot of road games. I don't know. I'm not sure it makes sense for Rosario, but it exists. Uh, <laughs> like, would you take Elvis Andrews, guys, or Ahmed Rosario? Definitely Andrews. It's not even close for me. I, I don't even say- like Andrews that. Yeah, I don't like Andrews that much either. I would take Andrews over Rosario, though. Let's keep going in ADP. We go to round 15, and we have Eduardo Escobar, Paul DeYoung, Angelton Simmons. Let's just talk about those three. Escobar, DeYoung, and Simmons. I have no idea where why Eduardo Escobar is in this <laughs> group. Uh, I think he what, like what, a What did I of, miss? I, well, let I me mean, tell he you. Was... He hit 23 homers last Top year. Top 12 shortstop last year. That's what it was. Yeah. yeah, buddy. Yeah, I mean, he was he was 12th on a per-game basis in points leagues, too. 48 so, doubles. Yeah, I mean, I don't... He... A, a lot of that... The doubles, yeah, the 48 doubles. He was on, like, a 70-double pace at the time he was traded from the Twins to the Diamondbacks, which he obviously couldn't sustain, but I don't even know that 48 is realistic to expect again. He was pretty so bad I think he'll be worse. This year than last year. The Diamondbacks lineup is not looking so great, which doesn't help. Um, Yeah. I I think this is too high. I I don't think he's a bad option, but it's sort of like with Ahmed Rosario. It's just you're you're paying for a best-case scenario. Okay. Simmons. Is Simmons basically like no-go in Roto? He should probably be somebody's middle infielder in a 12-team Roto League. Okay, just not mine, please. Just because you, you have to go deeper at the middle. Like, he's more valuable in points leagues, but I think he's actually more likely to be in Roto just because you have to go deeper at these positions. Adam, can you can you just riff for a moment on why you hate Anderson Simmons? <laughs> well, the last two years he's been okay. Two years ago he was the number five shortstop in, uh, in points leagues. He just, like, the only thing he does is have good plate discipline. Last year he was 14th in points, 15th in Roto. He played 146 games. And also... He's done it in a way where he hasn't been consistent throughout the year. He's had both 2017 and 18, one extended hot streak, a good long hot streak, and then the rest of the time, completely useless. I don't like players like that. He's 29 years old, so he's not exactly like entering his prime. He just doesn't do anything. Um, he's not a categories guy. You know, two years ago he had, uh, how many steals did he have? Uh, 19. 19. You know, that's fine, but it went down to 11, to 10 last year. So no yeah. thanks on Simmons. There's there's fifteen fifteen upside with a good batting average, which is useful. Yeah, and it's he's not that good. Pro- and he's bat- probably well, not going to hurt you in, is, in runs or RBI. Yeah, he sucks. So um, <laughs> he's just not a league winner. But I guess you're right. There's not we're not getting to a pl- to players with a ton of upside here. Uh, all right. So after them, we've got Simeon, Chris Taylor, as Drupal Cabrera, Lourdes Gurriel, Simeon, Chris Taylor. Is Drupal Cabrera, Lourdes Gurriel Jr., Willie Adamas, Jorge Polanco, not bad in points leagues, Marwin Gonzalez, Cattell Marte, we kind of like him. Anybody interesting here? If I was going to draft one of these guys, it would be Adamas. 
just because he's young enough that you can hope that his skills get better. Okay. Well, you mentioned Cattell Marte at the end there. Yeah. And that jump, he jumps to the front of the list. I'd take him before Eduardo Escobar, I think. Um, I would take him before Eduardo Escobar. I don't think I'd take him before Elmas. Final question to end the shortstop preview. When would you take Didi Gregorius? He's going 283rd overall as he recovers from Tommy John surgery. In an AL only draft. Well, mm-hmm. you come on. You've got five. Let's say you've got all right, five's a lot. Let's say you have three DL spots. You're not taking a top ten shortstop. He might. I'm, take, I'm taking him yeah. in the reserve rounds of a roto league. Absolutely. Um, in our 15 team league the other day, what round did you end up taking him in, Adam? I think it was like 19. I can look for you. It was, it was pretty late. Which you know, 19, maybe that. You know, it was a 30-round draft, so there was still a lot of draft to go. But 19 times 15, I mean, you're talking about. That's that's 60 spots higher than I would take him. What so would normally five, be a very late pick. <laughs> I had queued him up to take him myself when Adam took him. So, I mean, when he comes back, he's going to be must-start in fantasy. And he might be back, you know, June? He might be. Yeah, you're going to regret I don't it. think there's any chance he's back before the All-Star break. And I think there's a very good chance that he's not himself the first month that he's back. So just take Tulowitzki, Heath. That's what I did. No, he's just terrible. Tulowitzki's terrible. You don't have to just take Tulowitzki. You can <laughs> yeah, take somebody I, better. I, I, I'm, I'm going to nominate him first in our A only auction league today, just so uh, maybe he'll sneak through for a dollar. I took Yeah, I took yeah. Didi Gregorius 272nd overall. So I feel good about that. I have already drafted him once this year. We did a very long uh, startup dynasty draft, and everyone forgot that he existed. And I think I got him like the 28th <laughs> round. Perfect. Yes. There you go. Well, he, he does exist. I can confirm. And that is the end of our shortstop preview. Uh, that was fun. Really excited about this position. And uh, we're going to come back on Monday and most likely get into third base. If there's major breaking news over the weekend, it might alter our schedule. But third base and outfield for sure next week. And we'll be done with the position previews um, by early to, you know, by March, I don't know, 10th at the latest. Yeah, it's got to be earlier than that. People are driving. So we'll get done with them. But uh, thank you to Heath. Good to have you back. Thank you to Scott. Always good to have you on. Go watch some good movies over the weekend. Uh, you owe it to yourself. I'm Adam Azer. Talk to you on Monday, everybody. See you.